one in front. Welcome to another installation of Bogies and Films, where we get together and talk about a movie that we'd all watched over the last week or two, selected by one of our esteemed members on the... Uh, I just messed that up. I was going to say on the phone. We're not on phones. Selected by one of our esteemed members here on our podcast. Uh, this week, we will be talking about The Unstoppables, a movie that Ruth has selected uh, for us. Untouchables? Untouchables. Untouchables. <laughs> This week, we will be talking about The Untouchables, a movie that Ruth has selected. <laughs> Don't laugh. Thank you. are supposed to cut all that out, but you can't cut after a while. Nope, I'm not cutting any of that out. <laughs> this week, we will be talking about The Untouchables, a movie that Ruth has selected for our viewing. So, Ruth, I'll go ahead and hand it over to you to talk to us a little bit about the movie. All right. Um, I picked this one this week. Um, I just thought it was definitely has some good comedy and it kind of just makes you um see how life is between i guess in any stage whether you're rich poor or however and everyone always has stuff going on whether if they have issues and stuff with family or whatnot um at the beginning of the movie philippe and driss are in the car driving and you kind of don't really get a whole lot of what's going on until later on um in the movie but really what starts is uh, Driss is looking for uh, really just a pa- his paper to get signed saying he's looking for a job. <clears throat> and he's over um, at Philippe's house, the big mansion, and everyone else is trying to get a job as a caregiver. And um, he just kind of just shoots himself way on in there. Um, and I think kind of Philippe could see that he had some good, like he was pretty cool, like he had some charisma and stuff like that. But he also didn't, he didn't want someone to be his caregiver that was going to be completely stuffy and be completely pitied of him and all that. And I think he just wanted to give him a chance and and really just kind of see how that was going to go. Um, I feel like that they both needed things to help them out in their life and basically that maybe they were, um, brought together for some reason I felt like they help each other with their with their lives and basically just about how um stuffy everybody is that works there and they're just not really kind of come out of their shell and he brings people out of their shell and has a lot more fun with everyone and um they learn he learns about um the classical music that Philippe likes and make and has fun with um all all the other more I guess you could say intellectual things I thought it was really funny when they went to the opera and um, and all that stuff. And um, when he had his birthday at the um, the concert, and then um, they're all just sitting there, and then he sleep. Uh, I'm sorry, and um, dress helps make it more fun and stuff like that kind of thing. And then about I guess a little bit more towards the end, then um, even though dress basically his mom kicks him out, um, he comes back to help his family, and then when he comes back. 
Um, sleep is not in a very good city. So what do you think, Ruth, the main message of the movie is? Um, and then we can all agree or disagree. <laughs> uh, never give up. Okay. Lots of minutes. Um, that you can, you, you there are other ways. I mean, you might have, have it rough, but you can find different happinesses out of life. What about you guys? I think the never give up, I think that's a good, a good theme. And I think as a part of that, it's not just never give up, but it's always give people a chance on mm -hmm. both ends, right? Like yeah. he went into this not wanting the job because he just wanted to get the benefits. He could care less yeah. helping this man who doesn't, can't move, can't do anything. And he's like, oh, I'm just ready to get fired in a month. This guy, you know, gave this person a chance who in a lot of other scenarios, nobody would give this guy a chance who just walks in with like sign a paper. And yeah. it just show you what kind of a, a great relationship can develop with completely different people as long if you just give them a chance. Like anybody else would have written Dries off. Anybody else okay. would have written Philippe off. So yeah, I think the never give up plays into that. So I definitely agree with that. I agree with that too. And I, I think there's also a lot of it is about stepping outside of your comfort zone. Each of them is not really used to certain things or living a certain way. And they're maybe a little too rigid about their situations and and they learn to let go a little bit and just you know accept what what comes to them in life and um and to not back down from it yeah definitely with the comfort zone too because um uh, I, I can't remember what the redhead lady's name is but she's helping um philippe conduct a letter for that lady that he's interested in and he kind of helps push him to be like okay well y'all should like be or send pictures or talk on the phone and stuff like that and um Kind of stuff like that too so it kind of helps him magali that's her name right magali, the redhead, magali. Mag Cle clearly he has a thing for redheads right yeah <laughs> <laughs> they had that you know at the end when he meets that woman at the benefits office uh he, he charms her and i feel like that might be like that that was going to become a relationship this this right. movie had a, this movie had a tendency not to really show us a lot of extra stuff you just kind of got the hints that it was happening or was going to happen and it which is which is great i mean it doesn't need to spell things out for us um it's it's very the movie's very subtle in how it uh illustrates certain things i like how the, the diversity was portrayed as well because like they showed the the guys at the end and um driss was not even black he was like a puerto rican or something or a white guy. Uh, that kind of interesting yeah. he, yeah. Was, he was i think arab or pakistani or something yeah, like that and, and they chose a, a black man to. and i was like wait you're taking our jobs away <laughs> no, but I, I, I was saying that i like the fact that they it chose a black <laughs> man and um and then the girl at the end his missing madly turns out that she was um she was gay and i was interesting back in 2011 you know it, it wasn't a big you know like I don't know how to explain it. What am I, what am I trying to say? It, 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 diversity is like, like inclusion of kind of this big thing now. And back in 2011, it kind of was just kind of just there, but not really. So I like how they, they played with that. Yeah, it was a subtle thing. It wasn't like, yeah. Did anybody guess that she was a lesbian? Oh, not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, I thought Fred was a guy. Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> and then this ha have, having Driss like the white a white woman I like like i said the, the whole thing of the um sure, yeah. like interracial marriage even already exploring that way even back then yeah so now that two has levels a whole long time ago but yeah but, it was um, sort of like uh race wasn't really was sort of a non-issue yeah, exactly. characters 
Exactly. Except for the fact that another big theme of the movie is um, class differences. I want to put it. And so definitely, you know, you could say, oh, well, he just happens to be black and he's poor and has family troubles. But that's not really the, the way the world works is that part of the reason that he's in the situation he's in is because he's black and also because he's an immigrant. Um, so they have nothing. And, you know, he comes to work for a guy who's probably had generations of privilege uh, mm-hmm. that he just takes for granted. Uh, like, remember, they did, he did that um, weird mustache on him. And he said, I look like my grandfather. And I was like, oh, man, your grandfather must have been like a land baron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I wanted to touch on that with the, um, the class thing. I, I was, it was interesting to see that in the, in the United States, you have a lot of areas that are black urban areas. And to see that in France, that was kind of interesting. I, and um, did you guys know that there was other areas like maybe you didn't notice or not, but like, I think even England has like an area that's a black ghetto area too. Yeah. I wonder is that like worldwide, but you see it in the U- US, but then- I've know. always assumed that um, the same issues exist everywhere in maybe slightly different forms. And I've heard a lot uh, even recently about um, the long history of racism in Britain, we, you know, when they talk about Harry and Meghan, <laughs> they always bring up the fact that there's a long, tense history in the UK, just as it is in the United States. It just takes slightly different forms. But I did enjoy seeing that because I feel like I don't see enough foreign movies that talk about that yeah. uh, situation in their home countries. Well, we we saw that movie, you, you and me, Eric, when we were in Richmond with my mom. We His saw that house. movie. Yeah, this this house is it. What is it his, called? His house. His house, and that was another example where the people who lived in that area, you know, it was too. Yeah, um, that's a horror movie you would really like, Takia. So which one? It's called His House. House. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll write it down. Shelley, yeah. what did you, what did you think in terms of like the themes and? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to put it into words. I think y'all have been doing a really good job of 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 describing all of the themes. Um, I wish that they had, like Eric said, that um, he liked the subtlety of the different, like, I kind of wish that they had gone in, I, it would have made it me, like, understand a bit more of, like, his background if I had, because you kind of, you think, at, for, I mean, you find out later that that's his aunt who adopted him from, um, you know, so because they, they could, she and his uncle couldn't have children. But I would, uh, so at the beginning, you were kind of like, who is the, like, who is he? Are they, I, at first I thought that that was his wife. Yeah. But then, well, she's a bit older. Maybe that's his sister. Who, who is that and then? Or his mom, is it his mom? So I wish that mm-hmm. kind of like that one, um, I knew more about that. And then he kind of talks a bit about his, um, Philippe. I wish I had known more about like when his injury happened. Right um like how old was he was it before it was before his daughter was born no it was after his daughter was born i'm trying to remember his wife they she had five miscarriages then they found out she had cancer right and then they adopted her but that was before his accident i just wish i had known a bit more about the backgrounds of the big huge you know, I I agree that um, when the movie was over, one of my takeaways was I kind of felt like they, it was really all about Philippe and we didn't spend a whole lot of time with um, Driss and his situation. So it was like, 
you don't really know much about it. And so it felt a little one-sided that way. Um, but then, I mean, you know, I guess on, this, on the topic of how they didn't really fill in too many details, I guess you have to, we have to ask ourselves, did we, do we really need to know any of those things? Would it have changed the like major emotions that the, that the movie was trying to convey to us? I, no, guess they right. I don't think it would. Right? Um, I just like to know those things, or yeah. I just like to think about those things. We're I used, used to getting a lot more detail, right? I like more, I like detail. <laughs> I do too, Shelly, I'm the same way. Um, I was gonna say another kind of theme with it is also, you know, we talked about giving people a chance, never giving up on people, but, um, you know, getting people out of their comfort zone. And I guess along the lines of that is exposing people to things that they've never been given the chance to be exposed to. So unfortunately, right. in a lot of like lower class areas, the arts is not really no. a thing, right? There's people no time to get to learn right. about that. And Dries, you know, his initial reactions were like, that's like blood splatter, you know, like it was nothing. And then <laughs> the yeah. same way though, I'm like- I did too. I looked at it too, I was like, 40, 41,000 uh, uh, euros for that, okay. <laughs> then I was like, well, I'm gonna go splatter some red on some canvas, which and is I what Trace did. But. I kind of wanted them to have a conversation about it because when he shows him that painting in the in the gallery, Driss is talking about like, why would that be worth anything? And the, and he's like, I think art's just a business and it's, this is nonsense. And, and the guy's like, you know, Philippe tries to say, well, no, you know, there's a point to all this, but I, but Philippe kind of proves Driss right because he got Driss's painting sold by making up the story about, oh, he's German and he's going to have a gallery yeah. show in Berlin and, and he's very famous. And it's like, that is the reason the guy bought it. And if he knew it came from somebody on the street, the guy would have said, oh, this is trash. If he knew it came from Dries. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't think he liked oh, it. He got 11,000 yeah. euros. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say, though, is, is that by exposing him to that, you saw he started appreciating it. And at the end, when he talks to that girl and he's trying to get the job, he's able to actually call out, like, oh, and that's a Sophia, that's a Monet, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, yeah. so he obviously learned and appreciated it. And it just kind of... It's sad though to think that some people just are never exposed to that kind of that world. <laughs> but I'll say it's on the flip side too, right? Dries then introduced him to all this music. Earth, Earth, Wind, and so it's like on both ends, people are just so stuck in their society that they never really get that chance to see what else is out there. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Now, so I noticed that when um, Gwen is, I used to go to like a lot of art shows and they had them all of like the county art shows and um. Some of the more urban schools, the artwork would just be kind of focused on like basketball and rappers. Mm -hmm. And the schools that had the, the, the more wealthy kids, there was a, a, a huge array of subjects. So that reminded me very much of what you were saying, Fahad, about the, um, that we not be exposed to, it, when you're in a certain culture, you may, you may not be exposed to certain things because it was where, you're, yeah, because of how you grew up or not, or maybe your parents didn't, didn't introduce that to you. Yeah. So that's what reminded me of. Does this tie into kindergarten teacher a little bit? She was worried that that kid was going to grow up in a family in a situation where they wouldn't nurture these things and he would just lose all his creativity and imagination. A little bit. Yeah, which a little bit. Happens to people who don't ever get art in school and don't yeah. don't go to galleries to look at things and talk about them. They have no like concept of it and they yeah. but he starts to find it in this movie, which is nice. Um, yeah. May I just say that thanks to all of the movies we've watched leading up to this, I was waiting for 
something horrible to happen and something sinister or a twist. And I was like, <gasps> is he gonna, is, is Philippe gonna die? Oh my God, what's gonna happen? And I was like, just waiting, waiting, waiting for something okay. terrible. And it never happened. I'm like, this is the first time I've watched a movie like this in a while. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, mention something about that. I was like, like, you know, there's kind of a formula in movies. So I was waiting for what was gonna tear them apart and then have to bring them back together again. Yeah. But um, I kind of was disappointed, I guess. Why do, why do you all think he left? He went to go help his brother or his brother figure. But yeah. why, why did he have to stop working with Philippe? Because Philippe's like, it, it made me sad because he's like, you don't want to spend your life um, taking care of an invalid or however he framed it. Um, but I felt like, well, it, this is the first time that the dress has had like something worth, you know, something he was working, doing something worth with him, caring for him as his job or like, I, that made me, I, you know, I didn't like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I felt bad that they ended their working relationship, but maybe it's just because having to work for Philippe takes like almost 24-7 that he wouldn't have the time to help his family when he's realizing that. they need but some help. What did he do to help him? What I was trying to figure, what did he do? To help the brother? Remind me of what. Oh, I don't know what he was actually going to. At the very least, he talked to that guy that we kept seeing drive away with his. Oh, number. the yeah, right. he was doing to assume that he gave him a talking to and was like, "You need to not be messing with my family anymore." And who knows if the guy took that too hard. But, yeah. but did he but, need to leave know. working for Philippe to have those types of conversations? Because he had that conversation with Mop Top or whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah. all I did that. Yeah, Frank was on every day. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He's like, chocolate or plain? And I just laughed out loud. And then Yvonne's putting in her own orders. Did you get my sugar puffs? It's like, it's not about you. <laughs> but she's taking the net <laughs> her kid. Jumping off what Shelly was saying uh, before about why why did he leave? I also uh, kind of thought that I think um, he was never the kind of person who really did anything for other people. And that this time he spent with Philippe, he learned that um, being a caretaker and actually taking care of people that sounds redundant, but you know what I mean? <laughs> that that is a, a worthwhile thing to do and something he's actually good at and mm -hmm. enjoys. And I think when his brother showed up suddenly, he realized he's kind of been shirking his responsibility to his own family who could really use him and and is struggling. And uh, I think it was just kind of a mutual thing where, where they were both realized like, you need to go do this, you, you, you owe them. Um, and you're a better person now. And mm -hmm. I think that was a nice thing. He, he, he realized that he could do more for, for people, for the people in his life before yeah. than he was maybe, doing. Maybe he could have spent some time with the new person and just really yeah. help them understand. Well, <laughs> you know? have Yvonne, you know. Yeah, but it's not like Yvonne's going to be like, this is exactly, you know, like. Like, you, uh, what about getting your um, ears massage? Yeah, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> He should have known better than to ask that guy to come in for his cranial massage. <laughs> the poor guy was like, is it me? <laughs> when he and Driss were having the massage together, I was like, does that, does that count as like masturbating with your friend? <laughs> I mean, you couldn't it get a little awkward? <laughs> um, you know, when they were, this is inappropriate, I guess, but when they were talking about like getting milky or whatever, um, I was just like, 
there a French word for that? I guess there is, because that's I what they're talking about. Um, back and every time they said words that, that sound like they like, even when they said Justin Bieber, I swear I didn't hear Justin Bieber at all. Yeah. Justin Bieber. I was just wondering, like, you know, how does he, because he can't feel anything from the neck down. Right. So I was just like, what exactly? Is, I mean, is it just ear rubbing? Is that all that it'll really be doing? Well, I was reading. Let me make sure the door is closed for this conversation. <laughs> I was, I thought he got married later on in real life. Remarried. Yeah, he had two more kids. So how did that happen? I mean, oh, Shelly does have a child there. Sorry. Everything, or everything works. He just can't feel it. So. Oh. Hmm. They were probably, and a, a fertility doctor could remove. Was, true. Yeah. Yeah. Could do the magic for <laughs> I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to like, I can't say anything right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you buy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say the one thing that this movie did while I was watching it was just constantly put myself in Philippe's place and being like, how claustrophobic would it feel not being able to move anything below your neck? And I know for me, like, you know, I always have my allergies, so my nose itches, eyes itch, I need a tissue all the time. But if that sensation's going on and I can't like touch or do anything, it would drive me crazy. And I have to be like every moment, tissue and somebody has to bring a tissue. Somebody else doing it is not going to still be as satisfying as you yourself. I know. Yeah. Oh. Or, the, or the static thing he had when he was like shaking a lot, where he felt oh, like, yeah. Having, yeah, that would have been tough too. But just like to know that you just can't move. I mean, I guess this is going to sound bad, but I guess at least you don't feel below. So it's not like you don't feel. I don't. I don't know what it would even feel like. I mean, obviously he feels. When he can't breathe, although he said that's like a phantom injury or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But you have phantom pains. That would be terrible. Yeah. Which is and uh, when well, I thought it was when he was pouring the boiling water on his head. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> that I like that. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. I'll, he, he didn't. He didn't get a, a scab from that or something. That, that yeah. Because Homer mentioned that too. He was watching Harvey with me. He's like, I, I got scabbing from that. Well, that's why when she came in and was like, no, no, she's like, you could burn. Uh -huh. So he can get burned. He just won't feel it. Yeah, he won't yeah. feel. Yeah. I'm just surprised he wasn't fired. That in that yeah. moment. Oh, she's like, she, like that's I think where I think Philippe gets it, and I bet you Philippe probably would have wanted to try doing that to himself just to be like, weird. I can't feel it. Right. right. <laughs> Well, I think um, I think maybe part of the reason. So I, I enjoyed the scene where we found out that before the accident and everything, Philippe was kind of a daredevil, an extremist, and so I think that he's been in this chair for so long and he's been surrounded by these certain types of people trying to take care of him. That I think when he met Driss, he was it was almost like a death wish. He was like, "This guy doesn't know what he's doing, and he's probably not going to care for me very well." And you know what? I don't care. I introduce a little danger into my life. Maybe I will die from it. Maybe this guy will accidentally hurt me or kill me. And then all my troubles will be over. I feel like it was a little bit like jumping off a cliff with a paragliding chute. He was like, I'll just ask this guy to come in. And, and I think that no, normally somebody would fire a person who poured scalding water on them, but Philippe <laughs> wanted this. He was like, I want to be maybe tortured a little bit because I'm tired of people babying me. And I'm tired of feeling like this is going to be my life forever. Yeah. Well, he meant 
felt that he didn't want someone that, that had um, pity for him. That that yeah. That that, that, that treat like, like an invalid and, and feel sorry for him. The, of Driss was just like, hey, you know, this what? is a treat. You know, this treat him as like a like a person, but while taking care of him as well. You know, yeah. he would hand him the phone and he forget. Oh, yeah. oops, sorry. You're, yeah. you can't touch the phone. But to him, he didn't see that as like annoying. He's he, he saw it as like. Yeah, he, he doesn't feel pity for me. So I, I want someone that doesn't, yeah, doesn't tiptoe around me. Doesn't well, feel like yeah. fragile. Person. Yeah. him as a person first and handicapped later. Yeah, I like that. But everyone else sees him as handicapped first and yeah. a person later. Yes. Right, because Driss doesn't even tiptoe around it. Like when he was mm -hmm. talking about the girl that he might meet, he's like, what if she's fat or handicapped? No, like, was <laughs> You know, I was like, her face, you know like audience right now. <laughs> Like he let it all out. He, he didn't um he could hold back. It was but he was very blunt. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but he could have been your, a troll. <laughs> yeah. To your Daredevil comments earlier, I mean, we also saw that in the opening scene where he's driving him and it's just like whoa, 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 whoa. And it's like, oh, okay. So he and what's funny is the way that that movie opened. I thought and when it first started and he like goes around the traffic and stuff, I was like oh, this guy he's working for seems like he could be kind of scary. Like he expects <laughs> to be everywhere on time and all this kind of stuff and <laughs> not waiting in traffic. Like I thought he was like, the, but then when he faked the whole thing and everything, I was like, oh, Rich, okay. he's, he's fine. So did that scene, was that taking place after he had stopped working for him when they were just friends or? because yeah, he had the beard. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Um, uh, sorry, I guess, yeah, they were, he wasn't technically working for him anymore, but it was only like, what, like a week later or, or yeah. I, enough to grow a beard, I guess. So I guess that could have been a month later. I, I don't quite understand the artistic decision to have that scene the movie open with, some scene from way later on because I don't <laughs> I don't feel like it really did anything for the movie I, I would have rather not had that and seen this relationship develop because I'm watching it develop knowing full well that like they have this fun banter this relationship they love yeah. singing to the song and all this kind of stuff and I'm like that kind of was a spoiler uh, yeah, yeah. Point. it could have started when he's um right after that when it when yeah. it restarted yeah that's why I was like for a split second, I'll be honest, I got up like after the hospital or sorry, they, they drove to the hospital and were driving up. I got up to get something to drink, sat down and now he's interviewing for jobs. I was like, oh, he got fired. <laughs> it took me a while because then the guy that was interviewing him didn't have a beard. So I'm like, oh, so he's going to interview with somebody. And I was so confused as to what's going on now. I was like, oh, so he's normally a caretaker for people and is going from one person to another. And I'm like, something's not clicking here. So I had to rewind it and start over. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they wanted us to be questioning when they got to that point, like, oh, but how could these two people end up in that kind of a, with that kind of rapport? But yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was such a huge jump that they would end up with a good rapport because it felt like I mean, it's not like in a lot of, we've seen movies similar to this, I think a lot, but usually the Philippe character, it, he, it, he was very much against the idea, you know, yeah. like, oh, this got forced upon him and then he has to deal with it and then he learns to love himself or blah, blah, blah. But in this case, I mean, he made the decision to hire this guy. He knew exactly what kind of person he was and that's what he wanted. So, I mean, I didn't have a hard time if they had, I agree, like, I don't know if that scene really did whatever they thought it was going to, because I already knew that somehow they're going to end up being a little bit closer and it's just kind of fun to see how it happens a little by a little. Poster. 
of the movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. already gives that off. We but. knew that, yeah. Although maybe um, I did find myself wondering um, throughout the movie because they opened with that scene, where was it that he was going to be taking him after they left the hospital? He was like, leave it to me. And so there were a couple of points where it was like, hmm, I wonder, uh, I mean, but again, maybe that didn't work in the movie's favorite either because it was pretty easy to predict where he was going to go and what he was going to do with setting up the date with the woman at the end. I thought he was just going to show up at her house and be like, she lives here, let's go see her. And then Philippe would have to have a heart to heart where he says, okay, I have to admit, I, I, I left the dinner on purpose. I've never met her. She doesn't know I'm handicapped. Um, but it was kind of impressive that apparently Driss already knew, like he had put that together. Maybe Yvonne told him though, because it seems like he developed pretty good relationships with the staff at the house yeah. too. Mm -hmm. um, although I did get kind of annoyed with Driss when he left him there at the restaurant and walked outside. I'm like, but the poor man can't move. Is it expected that the date is going to have to like beat him? <laughs> oh, I know, I thought, oh, I thought that too. I thought that too. Oh, that's not a good first date. This is uh, maybe controversial statement of tonight uh, uh, alert here, but uh, it reminded me of that time um, Will Smith performed Wild Wild West at the MTV Movie Awards. And they brought Stevie Wonder out on the piano to play. And um, at the end of the performance, everybody leaves the stage except for Stevie's just sitting there at the piano. And nobody walked him off the stage. And he was oh, just no. up there sitting. Oh, and I was like, oh, oh no. this is not good. So oh. this reminded me about, I'm like, Tris, who's going to give him something to drink? Like, that's oh. why Yvonne was at the first date. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It, I guess we have to assume, though, that Driss called this woman, uh, Eleanor, Eleanor uh, and explained everything to her. I mean, I don't think he asked her to just show up randomly. I'm, I'm sure he, like, had a talk with her. About and maybe, something. I mean, they were maybe just sitting there to talk. Yeah, he had a but, reservation, I think. It would be really interesting to, to get all the letters, like, that she was um, getting from him. Yeah. That's just that's just an interesting thought. If I were getting love letters in the mail, like truly like flowery love letters without talking to the person, seeing the that person. Be a, yeah, for six months, you know, yeah. she seemed like she was a very attractive. And did he read the letters she sent? Because he shows that folder. It didn't look like any of those envelopes were open. True. Uh, I would hope that he has, because how does he respond back? Yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. all his responses are just that those flowery statements that don't actually further the relationship. But I wonder I'm was that the, the girl he married was her. Yeah. Oh, I, I assume it was. They didn't married. say flat out. They just said he moved away and got married and was married with two kids. But yeah. that's what you you already said it, Fahad. But was that the woman that he married? They possibly. Sorry, you already said it. So it I, we, we, I guess we're supposed to assume that. That's Maybe. what I was thinking. I guess we don't need to know. I mean, the point is he learns to not to be less afraid of something like that. So even if it didn't work out with this woman, he was able to find more confident. Yeah. I was thinking about the, the scene where he put his picture of him before being quadriplegic into the her letter. And, and he was about to put in one of him in a wheelchair and he changed his mind. So I wonder how he was going to explain that once she met him in real life. But I guess Chris he was probably thinking, explained it. Yeah, but yeah. I guess I'm so terrified of, of what he, she would think, you know, losing her, that, that he put a picture of himself before. So that was kind of. 
to, to be honest, that would be pretty shocking, right? You're talking to somebody, so. if they had sent you a picture what? of them before the accident, and then that you meet them, and they can't even move, like, yeah. that's a lot for somebody to take on. I mean, yeah. I feel sorry on both ends, right? Like, how could he find somebody, if you were honest? But by deceiving in a way, it's not fair to that person, because it's like, yeah. she can't care. I don't know. It's, it's a tough situation. How old do you think he was supposed to be? I mean, I looked it up, and I think that actor is like 65 or something. Well, he's 65 now, which meant now, he was So that would be like nine years ago, 10 years ago? Because I, I was going to guess 55. 55 to 60. Yeah, 55 to 60. <laughs> but it is France, so maybe he was 38. Uh, <laughs> all the smoking. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, um, yeah, it would take a really special person, I think, to to want to be in a relationship with somebody under that circumstance. Although it makes it a lot easier to be ridiculously rich. Yeah. Um, well, and to get into a relation, I mean, of relationship after no i mean it's one thing to be in a relationship with someone and then they have an accident and you yeah. take care of them because you but it's, it's yeah. a different relationship well like mm -hmm. and i would hope that he would still have the caregiver there to do all the stuff the caregiver does and not expect a yeah. boyfriend or a wife to take all of that on but then it also makes going out and dating and all that kind of stuff weird because you kind of have a third person there almost at all times yeah yeah <laughs> that was in my my note here's a dumb question just about i'm sorry takia i just had this thought so you can eat so your body will still digest like your stomach and everything still works those muscles those are also involuntary muscle reactions that you don't control anyway what about coughing? Hmm. Like if you were choking or I'm just well, I, like I if you were eating something and you know, have you ever eaten something eaten something and you start like like choking mm. and you have to like force yourself to cough? Uh, this is nothing to do with the movie. I'm sorry, it was just a thought that I had. <laughs> That's well, what this movie did, right? It caused those thoughts to happen. Yeah. Have you, I'm sure you've um, had a moment though where you uh, didn't intend to cough, but it kind of <clears throat> happened. Yeah. You like got caught and surprised. It's probably more like that, which I think mm. is more of a choking hazard because if you can't force it out yourself, then you just have to hope that the <clears throat> reaction, the involuntary reaction will help or have somebody next to you to help. But yeah. yeah. I guess that's why he's the caretaker feeding him small bites. <laughs> So um, I, I mentioned earlier, and, and, and so did a few other people, I think, about how it's a very, very light movie and very subtle, and they don't really go into a lot of depth, um, which it, it has kind of a beautiful lightness. And by the way, I really love the score. It was like all piano, and it felt very poignant and, and pretty. But um, I do wonder if maybe they didn't, there are, were some deeper issues that they didn't really get into that they could have. I wonder, for instance, do you really think that that whole household would not have had a problem with him being there? They all seem to sort of take it in stride. And, um, but it feels like in a class system that would have caused a bit of a, a ruckus. <laughs> and there may have been some racist assholes on staff, you know, yeah. that weren't happy about the situation, but everyone was so lovely. Well, well I mean, he met at dinner. I don't remember who, 
what he as was but said how like that he shouldn't have him as this caretaker i don't know if you remember who yeah, that was that came close that's like his he, lawyer he said it and he said everybody has said that like like everybody you know at the house has said that they're worried about you with this man and also yvonne when she walked in to the room looked through his bag and was concerned with the knife True. and this True. stuff so yeah. i think they they went to the edge of it but they didn't show how do they go from that to all of a yeah. sudden being kind of but i'm wondering if they just bossed over because that wasn't what they wanted to focus on instead like you said they focus yeah. a lot on philippe not as much on driss's background but really the relationship between the two of them yeah. and they sort of threw in the whole situation with his daughter with philippe's daughter yeah. treating him poorly or i forget what she said to him that made him so upset something about his country like do, do yeah so and so he he told philippe you have to um take care of your daughter make her you know she has to respect yeah and he did philippe did she's a she, she's a brat <laughs> may i just say i loved in both instances how shocked everybody is that uh, that dress was painting because the bratty daughter goes in and is like give me a cigarette she's like are you painting <laughs> like, like that's the focus and then driss was like and she interrupted me while i was painting he's like you were painting it's like that's not the point blah 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 blah. and then he walks out and then he turns to him on. Like, oh, he was painting like, it must have been a hard you were saying that she was a brat but that would be a hard um upbringing where your mother has died and your sure. i didn't think your about father it is, um has it was in an accident where he can't you know she sort of had to take care of herself or she had that you know, the gap was i guess probably right. how old was she when he got into the accident and then having those ideas of being, of being adopted as well. She might be struggling with that too. Right. Well, he's he's to feel like he has to listen to, I don't know. Like you, yeah, I, feel, I feel like that's another example of how um, there was some depth there that they didn't really go into far enough yeah. maybe for us. Yeah. I didn't feel any sympathy for her, even though everything you just guys just said, I, I realized now I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, I realized that now too. At first I didn't, but yeah. I was just like, and, she's a brat. And, she and I think that's where, again, like, after watching the last four movies that we watched, we're looking for that kind of extra depth or those extra things. Whereas I think this movie was meant to be a bit more light and show you this beautiful yeah. kind of relationship and be comedic and stuff. So um, I think, yeah, it's just, a, it's a little bit different, but. I want to say, and you know, if anyone listens to us, to this besides us at some point, I'm probably going to get trolled for it. But I <laughs> want to say with the French films I've seen that that's, a little bit typical that uh things are much more subtle um mm -hmm. even the humor you know it's it's a little bit light and it's, it doesn't hit you over the head like a lot of american cinema does but there were a few moments where i, I honestly I, I laughed out loud oh like, i did oh, <laughs> and i was like oh. i thought it part where the stockings was kind of interesting it showed his kind of his, <laughs> like a maybe homophobia or like yeah. the you know i was just saying I, I, maybe i was i don't know if i was in the group talking to you guys whatever but, um about how the black men they straight black men they they don't they fear homophobia even they're quite homophobic even now yeah. yeah and um so i saw that kind of it was kind of interesting with the stockings thing because yeah it, to me how he didn't understand the fact that it was for to you know let his blood flow okay. to him, oh my gosh this is for women like he couldn't yeah. get that out 
you know, and then, yeah, then he realized, okay, maybe he finally realized that this is for health reasons, so. Yeah. And that, that was, was, yeah, exactly, and that was how he was in the beginning, you know, everything was like, oh, and then he learned and grew. And Eventually matured. he learned, yeah, to change, yeah. what was it, a colostomy bag, or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the thing he refused to do, I would never do that. <laughs> Let's discuss it while you're eating your lunch. <laughs> yeah, that was a humorous part there too. He was like, "I'm not doing that." And then you know, as, he, as, as he grew on him, as he yeah, so yeah. Um, may I just say, <laughs> I laughed when he was being shown around the house, and the the thing he was most excited about was the beautiful bathtub. So I was like, that's me. Just going to say that. I was just going to say that. I was going to say my favorite was when he loved that bathtub so much. I loved it when he showed that other woman as if she doesn't oh, have yeah. a bathtub. Probably he, he was like, I've got a bathtub. It was like, there's probably in every room in the house. <laughs> it's not just you. But he was trying to say like, I, I, but he was also trying to say it like, let's get in it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, was, did that really hit home for you? <laughs> I love the bathtub scene because I was like, that's just, that's me. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was a, a beautiful, that was a beautiful bathroom and a beautiful bathtub. It was. I was <laughs> like, I, I would love to be like living in a place like that and having this room and this bathtub, but I would not like that job. Yeah. I would, Way yeah. too much on you, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, waking up in the middle of the night, hearing him hardly being able to breathe, like. And he was so good with him, though, even that first night. Yeah. yeah. It's dangerous because he doesn't have any training. I mean, what if what was going on in the middle of the night was something super serious that required like 911 or whatever you say for 911 in France? Not 99 in England, right? <laughs> what was Wong? What was Wong, by the way, with, with, with the night, the night thing? Like, what was that again? Like, what was he spirit? Like, what was he thinking about? Like, what was what was triggering that? I forgot what, what was. The it, doctor what was said it? that it was phantom pains. Oh, wasn't thinking so, about phantom past. pains. Basically, it's like they say, like think of somebody who loses a limb. Sometimes they say that those people still can feel like a pain in that missing limb, even though it's not oh. there, but they still yeah. feel that sensation and that pain. So it was something going through his body causing pain, even though he couldn't feel it, but the, the thoughts were there and it was causing him to hyperventilate. Or can you even imagine not being able to move? Like I, the amount of times I move in the night, like trying to get more comfortable, yeah. the thought of not like being stuck in that same position, that's horrifying. Have any of you I, ever had sleep paralysis? Yes. and. Yeah. terrifying it used to happen to me a lot and it was the, that kind of thing where I felt like I could maybe budge my head a little bit but I couldn't get anything else to work but I, I couldn't get myself to I knew I was sleeping that was the most frustrating I'm sorry this is completely off topic but knowing that you are well, like we're trying to empathize right and that's the closest yeah. I guess we probably come to feeling that way yeah but I think the difference there though is that like you two, when you were feeling those sensations, like you could still feel your body. You just couldn't move, right? You could still feel like. I think so. Yeah. Whereas with him, you know, like he just can't feel anything below. So is he really uncomfortable that he can't move in different positions because he can't feel that it's uncomfortable? Oh, that's a good yeah. point. 
I'm, I'm but, wondering, I don't know, right? Like, I don't but know the what thought of like is. him sleeping in, in that room alone with only a baby and the baby monitor didn't even have like a video, like my baby monitor has a video now. So at least you could, the person watching you could make sure, but what if he rolled out of bed or rolled? I also wondered if, um, since obviously he, he can't feel the pain from the neck down, but obviously his body's probably sometimes in certain positions or laying too long, or maybe just like Fajardo saying like itches and things like that. I wondered if he maybe like internalized all that pain and if it all went up into his head, like it, does he have headaches every single day because it's the only part of his body that can feel the pain oh, for the rest of him. And yeah. have you ever done something where you like worked some other part of your body so hard that you ended up with a headache at the end of the day, because it's just, it's all gotten too much for you. The mental processing of it. Yeah. He must be drugged. Oh. I would want. <laughs> Yeah, I like that he introduced him to pot because it was like medicinal marijuana. That was probably at the, you know, er, very early in the conversation about medicinal marijuana, at least in this country. I don't know. Let's Um, give him a cookie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to mention about the hand, the hand, the um, paralyzed thing. He, it's funny how he, it's interesting how he did something that he that basically um, caused him to be a quadriplegic and and enjoy doing that thing again. What do you guys think about that? What was that? Overcoming he, he, he went fighting the very thing that that made oh. him. A, so I wonder what you guys think about him, like like doing the very thing that caused him to be a quadriplegic. You would think about a million things he could be doing in terms of activities. That one thing that caused that. I thought it was a death wish again. I, I yeah. feel like he still felt like or he won a lot to live for. So who cares if he tries it again? If it kills him, he, he'd probably be happy about it. You know, like I wonder well, why that. That was it. Or it I made him feel right? alive. Like he couldn't move. He can't do day-to-day things, but that is something that he could do that would like make him like feel, True. you know, feel alive. Feel, have, like, yeah. I thought it was cool. Was, he needed like, a mental stimulus, right? Yeah. An extreme mental stimulus. He wasn't paralyzed. He wasn't traumatized by it. He was usually, if you're traumatized by something or whatever, it's going to happen. But do that thing again. Yeah, well, so at that's that point, I'm, to Eric's yeah. point, it's what's the worst that can happen to him? He could die. Yeah, I know. Other than that, <laughs> if he breaks a limb, it's just- <laughs> yeah. did it talk about where he got the money from, his money from? Because, like you were saying, like it was probably generational wealth. But yeah. wouldn't his other families members be, or any of the, were any of the, like anybody else in his family, would they have? be extremely welcome to you. I got the impression, and maybe I just made it up, because again, this movie doesn't really bother to give you a lot of the details that they don't think that it's worthwhile or that, that it will change the story for you. But what I made up in my head was that he was some sort of, like beforehand, some sort of famous composer maybe, because hmm. um, he knew so much about music. And a couple of the people who were like sitting there to interview to be his caretaker, they um, seemed very excited to be there. Like this was a big deal. And, and one of the guys even said, I'm here for the man. Like to him, this guy was a celebrity and he wanted mm. to be there because he thought it would be incredible to work for this man. Well, okay. But I don't know, I, I, maybe I made that whole thing up. Well, because it is based off- Maybe he was related to a famous composer because his, ha- well, his house looked old, like old. Old, old like, money? Um, old, oh, yeah. Is everything in Paris? Paris. <laughs> It's in Paris, so everything. Everything's old. Old, yeah. But also, it's based off of a true story, so I'm sure we can find out. Oh, uh, good point. So, Although like, they the, changed the caretaker's name, I don't know because why. because he wasn't Arab or yeah, he was Pakistani the, yeah. or whatever. Because the well, guy's name was Arab. Could have been an African Muslim, couldn't he? 
with could have been, but the name was very the name at least when I read it, I was like, wait, who's that? And I realized oh, it's the caretaker, but it to me it came off more like an Arab Pakistani type name. I was gonna say earlier, I feel like the reason that they cast very differently was that they wanted the contrast between them to be much more you know, yeah. wider. Yeah. Because those two guys in the real images at the end, I was like, oh, they look like they could have been friends, or you know, maybe they came yeah. from different <laughs> classes, but but you know, they didn't look too far off the mark. But these two guys really look like totally different types of human beings, you know, oh. like what could they possibly have in common with each other? Yeah. I mean, although I will say I think there is more and we can cut this out if it's not true. So <laughs> I believe there's more Islamophobia in France than there is elsewhere. Um, so I think if it was just meant to be in France, it would have seemed like more of a contrast to have this Muslim guy doing this. Uh, but if it was meant for a bigger worldwide audience, the rest of us might have been like, okay, versus seeing like, you know, black white issues that we see. Um, because I know in France, they've tossed around many times banning hijab, you know, the scarf that women wear in the whole country. Um, yeah, really there's a lot of anti- was that, um, Char What is it? Charlie, Charlie, how do you pronounce it? Charlie Heb, the, the newspaper, oh, that, yeah. that, oh, yeah. the pictures of um, Muhammad. Muhammad think, yeah. And then there was like that big terror, like that they, a bunch of people were shot, right? Yeah. Oh, so there's definitely that. a lot of that. But I also wonder if that's, that's only more recent because um, I, you know, France is one of the countries I've heard of in Europe that has had a steep rise in in alt right sort of behavior in the last few years. I think that that attack was 2015. Okay. It was. Is that Abdo? That's around the time they made the movie, and people were feeling that way. Maybe they consciously made that decision to just probably have to. Yeah, but would that would that have mattered if um if this if this movie never intended to even bring up religion? I mean, they never talked about it. No one yeah. ever claimed anything or, well, or 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 observed a religious. No, but I'm just saying having somebody that looks like that, you know, they might have had to. Maybe they needed to take a little more time to explain the situation. For a French audience, so they're like, let's just make him a different is, race. But is Senegal? I don't know. Is Senegal Muslim? I don't know, no. but it's less visibly Muslim. That's what I'm getting at. Is just, <laughs> he's very visibly Arab, and yeah. I think the Islamophobia usually tends to be against Arabs, and you know that people like of that kind, oh, well, and less against whether they are or not, right? Because you know when you look at a Again, we are, we're going to cut all this out. But when you look at a black person, you Why? don't automatically think, I just don't know. When you look at a black person, you just don't think, oh, they're, they're, they're a Muslim or, oh, they could be a Muslim. But when you look at an Arab person, you're like, oh, they're a Muslim. I just thought it was for diversity, why, why, why they chose a black guy instead of an Arab. I didn't think that- But Arab's a diversity already. So it's actually more so, diversity because nobody casts Arab people in anything. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, true. Hmm. So why take one minority and replace it with another minority? Like I think what's it's for appearances reasons because they look much more different than each other this way. So yeah. it sets up that sort of opposite sides of the coin situation that they were trying to illustrate. Um, so on a completely different note, the actor who plays uh, Triss, Omar Sy, I think I had mentioned last week was a character from the X-Men movies. He was in X-Men Days of Future Past. He played this character, Bishop, 
who's like a very serious character and you know very action oriented whatever um so me going into this movie did not think that this actor would be so fun and funny so mm-hmm. I was like, this guy's a pretty good he actor great. You know? he was great really enjoyed him did you that like Chris when you first met him in the movie no I don't think we were supposed to like him as a person I really yeah I thought he was like but so- I was gonna ask, did you consider yourself more like I'm the Philippe of this situation or I'm the Driss of this situation? Well, I will say, here's the thing though. It's not that I didn't like Driss because I liked Driss when we were introduced to him because they showed us that little scene before. And I was yeah. like, oh, he's kind of fun, you know, like, and this stuff. And then they show us how it started. And I was like, oh, so obviously he's gonna grow to that. So it's not like I didn't like him because I knew what he was going to become. Right. I still didn't really like him in the very beginning. <laughs> No. <laughs> I felt like I, I'm the quiet guy in my house and he's blowing up my life with, you know, being loud and pushing me. <laughs> but then, you know, of course I came to love him. Um, yeah. Mostly when he started to finally like actually care about other people around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a lot of reasons why in the beginning, like he was just so pushy and, you know, it was a little me too-y the way he kept hitting on that woman. It was like, listen, you work in this house with her. You know, this is not appropriate. Yeah. Um, she handled it well, but I was like, I, I, I was waiting for that shoe to drop too. Like where you said, I'm waiting for the horrible twist. I was like, oh, he's going to get like accused of something. <laughs> and out of the house and, oh my God, it's going to be awful. No, I said the horrible twist for him was she's never going to be interested in him. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. I will say that uh, aside from the, I'm oh, sorry, Takia. Sorry. Um, oh, I was going to put a hand. Instead, you're scared. <laughs> I didn't mean to push that one. But um, I had a funny scene involving Driss. I like going back to the music. I like how he associated the classical music that he heard in his life with like uh, elevator music or uh, telephone like background thing and Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Uh, like, Isn't this on a coffee ad? <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that which, which is so, frankly a lot how a lot of people are with classical music. Like, oh, I remember yeah. hearing that on a pasta commercial. You know? The best. Yeah. I like that. I didn't think about how people might think like that even now. You know, the best but, comparison yeah. he made though was the waiting on the phone, because I was like, oh my god, that is the music you hear when they ask you to wait yes. to be with you shortly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the welfare office, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Um. So what I was gonna say was. You know, aside from obviously the relationship between Driss and Philippe that we're supposed to really like, I, even though they didn't show it a lot, I did really appreciate the relationship between Driss and Yvonne. I loved her, yeah. Driss and Yvonne? Okay, yeah. yeah. I, think I like that relationship. I thought it was cute. Yeah. Like, you could tell in the beginning, she's very put off by him, standoffish, yeah. especially when he's like, you know, what about you? Are you dating? What about the gardener? And like... You know, and then he takes that a little too funny. far about the little cucumber, and it's like, oh, she's never going to talk to him. That was funny. <laughs> Rose stuff, I was like, oh, yeah. they, they, there were a lot of good little one-liners. You, they were good yeah. at passing jokes back and forth to each other. Yeah. But did you um, like that very subtle moment at the end where you see Yvonne's going on a date, and they don't the say it or even give you any way to know, but you're like, that's the gardener, right? Yep. Yeah, I knew it was the gardener. So uh, everybody, shall we move on to the next part of this uh, discussion, which is Recast. <laughs> this is where everybody picks a character from the film and recast them with some other 
celebrity, movie star from any time period, anywhere, I guess at this point, any language um, that they want. And uh, just talks a little bit about why they thought that it would be a fun choice. Um, you know, it could be serious, could be for fun, however we want to do it. So with that, we'll go with Ruth, who is the person who chose the movie. Ruth, you can go over your recast option, and then you just call on each one of us to go over ours. Okay. Well, mine, I guess because I've seen this movie before, this idea came to my mind. Um, not to say that I would want it to go in this, in this way, but I thought of Kathy Bates and Misery. Um, I'm not saying I would want the movie to be depressing like that, but it just kept on getting in my head where I was like, Gosh, I mean, I wonder what that would be like. That would be awful. <laughs> she would be the caretaker? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't want to see that kind of movie, but it just kept on coming in my brain about thinking about her. <laughs> okay, yeah. Fahad? That, that, that would change the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I decided that if we were to do an American remake of the movie, um, I would, sorry, Eric. You... <laughs> <laughs> I decided to recast Yvonne um, and I'm recasting Yvonne with the actress named Phyllis Smith who is from The Office and The OA oh. um, because Yvonne gave off a very Phyllis vibe to me she did. I think all the mannerisms are there so I think she'd be a very good American replacement for the character Yvonne and if you guys are wondering which actress it is it's this oh, actress Phyllis Phyllis from the office. Washed out a little bit, but you can kind of see her. Okay. There you go. Oh, I like, she was a bad teacher. She's funny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think she has that very much, that Yvonne kind of feel. And I think the moment Yvonne did that little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Driss about like, I got you with the whole Frederick Fred thing. I could see Phyllis <laughs> doing that too. Yeah. So yeah. That's kind of where I went with it. I was playing around with the idea of Ruth. It's kind of funny of how could you take this into a sinister kind of direction <laughs> and I actually thought of recasting Philippe with um Ian McKellen in the way that he was in that movie with Devin Sawa where he was like an old Nazi general or something and you know uh they find bad out and he starts I forgot what it was called but he bad gets pupil. Kind of, bad pupil yeah bad, bad bad pupil. Pupil. but that was Brad Renfro was Devin Sawa in there not Brad Devin Sawa Brad oh. Renfro okay. it was Ian McKellen wasn't it yes yeah um, so what I was, was thinking called? that kind of like sinister kind of style and everything. That would have been an interesting way to see that be the person that has to be taken care of. Yet still yeah. keeping the levity of Philippe in there to see what kind of a movie would that be. And Philippe could have been recast with Will Smith at that point. Yeah. You need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, she's a nice person. Um, how about Eric? Okay. So I also thought, what if we made a, a U.S. remake of this? Uh, and so I have a Philippe and an Idris for that situation. Um, for, uh, for Idris, I was thinking Aldous Hodge. I don't know if you guys know him, but uh, I originally knew him because he's one of the main uh, cast members for the show Leverage. It was on for years and it's just come back actually. But he's also really been getting into some very, uh, very important films in recent years. He was in Hidden Figures. Last year, he was in One Night in Miami. Um, so I think that he could bring the same sort of energy. He's also like a beautiful, tall black man. 
but he could bring the same sort of comic energy, but he has a, I think he might even add a little more depth to it, some seriousness to some scenes. And then, so I thought for his Philippe, we could do James Kahn. Do you guys know that name? Yes. yes. Misery. Yeah. Misery. Yes, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird yeah, that you both went that way with them. Yeah, yeah that's funny. It's the same old movie. I'm yeah. kind of going in order and somewhat of how I see y'all. So, okay, if Shelly's next. <laughs> okay, so um, I kept having two thoughts while I was watching this. Uh, I'm, I Magali, 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 right? The G would be J, not G. I kept imagining her as Emily Blunt. Okay. I, <laughs> I think she would be perfect. And then I kept picturing Philippe as um, Robert De Niro, like a younger Robert De Niro, I thought would make a, a great Philippe. I thought about him too, yeah. That would be, that he would be good. <laughs> All right, Ms. Takia. Um, I have three people. How many, we, we can, how many people can we- As we many can as you want. Many as you want, we have that whole thing. Who I thought? So, um, Magdalene, I saw Jessica Chastain. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Philippe, I saw Dustin Hoffman, uh, and the yeah, yeah. actor, and uh, he kind of looks like him. <laughs> so I had him in my mind entire yeah. time. And kind of an obvious, well, uh, Will Smith for um, <laughs> for Chris because he's as you saw him at six pounds in the more serious movies. He can he's quite versatile. You know, he, I like his humor. It's like I can see him doing all those little quips and then the one liners that this actor did so i i mean that was just well slipped my mind so i just had to go there so yeah did no one want to like race flip it i you know i was going to i had that thought too yeah. danny, danny glover as philippe and um i don't know tom holland is <laughs> no you need somebody who can lift him right so it's gonna oh, be yeah. i don't know <laughs> We have Robin Williams, like when he was in Patch Adams or something. Ooh, well, no, that would have been too cutesy, but I don't know. When he was alive. Yeah. Do you know who should play Magali? <laughs> it's Jin Saki. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? When we said Robin Williams, like when he was, he was alive, in Patch right? Adams, I said, or like when he was alive. He was alive. Oh, well, I feel like a dummy because they did make a US version. They did? A, a few years ago. What? Oh. And it starred Brian Cranston. Oh my gosh! I didn't know as that. Uh, Philippe, oh, uh, it okay. starred. I know, uh, I, I know. Like it'll start coming back to you. You'll be like, "Oh my god, I remember the trailer for this." It starred Kevin Hart as they called him Dell. What? And it starred Nicole Kidman as Yvonne. I mean, if Kevin Hart's kind of hitting on somebody, I don't know if Nicole Kidman's a little older now, so maybe she is better suited for that other role. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, now I kind of um, want to see it, but I kind of don't. Uh, yeah. I don't think it, I mean, Kevin Hart is Dell. I think that was a mistake. Yeah. I, I, think, the, I think the guy who played, I think the French guy who played Omar Sy, he, uh, he was definitely the best cast between the two of them to play yeah. that part. He probably could have played it in the American version. I was going Will Smith. Yeah, he could have. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that could have been funny too. It would have been better than Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is too two-dimensional in my opinion, you know? Yeah. yeah. Too um, and he's a little too short. 
for yeah. like, kind of yeah. giving off that kind of personality that he yeah. gave off in this movie. Also, I didn't realize, but Omar Sy, who, you know, who played the main guy, that rhymes, um, <laughs> he's in the Jurassic World movies. Oh. Yeah, apparently. I, How old? Oh, the new ones, right? The okay. new ones, the new ones. He's, I think, like uh, Chris Pratt's friend, like the other handler for the Velociraptors. Oh. Um, yeah, so, so he, I can't. So he can uh, perform in English. Yeah, I mean, he was Bishop also in the X Men, but I don't think he talked. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of lines for that, but he had to have had more in Jurassic World, right? I would think so. Um, so I know because uh, I think I saw the list of who's in the new Jurassic World, and I saw Omar Sy's name. So okay. Yeah, so they they called the U.S. version the Upside. Um, yeah. No, that's fine. So I think we all took it. A obviously we would. I I would personally not have come up with French actors or actresses to recast with. This. No, I wouldn't. I yeah. would have been like Philippe with Gerard Depardieu. That's the only French <laughs> actor I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know any others, but uh, okay. that was good. That was good. Um. So, was is she a, a French actor? Is it about Rose? Is it No. Is it Italian? Or is it German? I mean, oh, she's never mind. daughter. Oh. Okay, never mind. I thought she was thinking French. Never mind. Do we oh, need I, to rate, rate the movie? Yeah, I was going to just ask if anybody had any last thoughts just on the movie, how they felt about it. Yeah. I thought it, I compared it a little bit to Rain Man, Driving Miss Daisy, and Green Book. Now, I know you guys know Rain Man and Driving Miss Daisy, right? Yeah. Everybody? Mm-hmm. Are you guys just really with Green Book? That's the Viggo Mortensen movie? Yes. Same uh, thing. He, he was hired by um, the, oh, it's a new upcoming black guy. He's, he's upcoming, but he was in Moonlight. I forgot his name. He's all over the place. Mahershala has, Ali. Who, yes, thank you. Mahershala yes. Ali. Gonna be yes. played. All, all those movies I mentioned, it involves um, someone that they hired that wasn't as, I guess, into the role, and then they got to know them on a personal level and grew to love the people that they were caring for. Like Rain, Rain Man involved the um, autistic man, Dustin Hoffman. Like, that's what I thought about him. And then um, Green involved, um, but I don't even get, on, get into all this stuff, but um, yeah, that's, that's what I was, I thought this movie compared to those three movies and, to, and the whole idea of the caregiver. Do you know Takiya that, oh, Ma- that Mahashara, how do you pronounce it? Mahashara Mahashara Ali. Mahashara Ali. Ali. <laughs> Is, yeah. <laughs> That From 4,400, Fahad. I know. I was just telling Takiyo, though, and everybody, he's actually been cast to be Blade in the new Blade movies for Marvel. Oh, oh wow, wow. So what people, one. a lot of people don't realize is Blade, you know, those movies with Wesley Snipes back in the late 90s, early 2000s, Blade is actually a Marvel comic book character. Oh, I know so that. Okay. Now that the Marvel Universe is such a huge franchise, they're going to introduce the character of Blade into that, and he's going to be playing Blade, the new blade. Okay. Ooh. So he's gonna be blown I will. up more That's so. Cool. Do you want to hear I, what um what the first thing that came to mind when I thought about this movie, what it reminded me of was? Yeah. <laughs> the nanny. Oh. <laughs> so, so? It comes across the bridge from from what from flushing? <laughs> oh, is that how the song goes? Over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield's door. Yeah, she was there oh. to sit makeup, but the father saw more. She had style, she had flair, she was there. The <laughs> nanny. So, yeah, you know, she, she's got all these wild ideas. She doesn't watch her mouth, you know, and, and she shakes up this stuffy household and teaches them to love and laugh again. 
<laughs> I won't or Beautician and the Beast. I love that movie. It's so, I don't it's so Fran Drescher. I saw it in the theater. Takia. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thing I had a dark, a dark, it was a kind of a dark piece, dark thing I need to say about the movie. Um, Reba, the, the, the actor that, um, the actor, the real life, fully, he actually did try to commit suicide when he first was paralyzed. He tried to oh. strangle himself with an oxygen tank, oxygen um, tube. Yeah. So, how do you manage I, don't, I, I don't know how close it was to his, the, um, to Driss coming to his life, but he did try to commit suicide. So, I, I think that's kind of common with a lot of the, uh, Quadriplegic, even they don't have any thoughts about it. So, yeah, I don't mean to bring the mood down, but I that's an interesting, interesting yeah. fact. On, on, I always read about the characters, especially afterward on Wikipedia and stuff like that after I see these movies. So, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, no, I was just gonna say, just overall, you know, Ruth, it was a good choice. I know we're gonna get into rating and all, but I just think it was a fun, lighthearted movie. As I said, compared to the other ones, because of the other ones, I was just waiting for something terrible to happen. And after the end, it was just like, oh, it's a feel-good movie. I'm going to recommend this movie to my mom to watch, you know? Because I was like, as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this seems like a good movie that she might enjoy. But I was like, oh, but if it goes dark any second now, I'm not going to recommend it. Or if it gets, like, inappropriate, like, no, it's, but this was a feel-good kind of movie that I think anybody could really watch. Yeah. I like your mom so, I mean, that were, I like your mom movies that were like dark and some bit she likes horror life. movies and stuff but i didn't want something like real life depressing you know I, <laughs> real life's I, already depressing enough you don't need to like yeah. see it in movies and stuff so I, this one still had hope and happiness and stuff so yeah i agree i was gonna say my final thoughts would be i really it was a good choice i really liked it i'm i'm glad that i watched it I just wanted more detail. And I guess that's just me. I guess it wasn't supposed to have it, but I just always love the more detail, the better. I, I like backstories and, and figuring things out, especially when it's like a real, based off of a true story. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wish I had a little more too. But yeah, I did like the, it was funny and lighthearted and all that stuff. It's yeah. the kind of movie I'd watch again. Yeah. I yeah, I, I um, uh, I really liked it too. I agree, Shelley. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like there, there could have been more there, but I do like the lightness of it. It was very lovely, and um, I really fell in love with everyone in the movie. Pretty much, like all the characters, I really enjoyed. And even though a lot of them don't get a whole lot of screen time, somehow they're very well drawn. Mm -hmm. um, you know exactly who they are, and they have their own personalities. They're very distinct, and they're um, charming. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was, it was fun to watch them all interact. Yeah, like for, for some reason, Yvonne was one of my favorite characters and she's in it for like five minutes total, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was fine. Uh, so shall we move on to the ratings part of the night? Um, so everybody open up your chat window, type in the number, but do not hit send until we all give visual confirmation with a thumbs up ready to send. Uh, zero to five and you can use quarters. So when you're ready, just put your thumbs up and then I'll tell you all when to send it. Everybody's good. Okay, one, two, three, hit send. <laughs> okay, what do we got? We got Bahad has a four. Okay, I... so wait, read these out to me. Bahad, you have four. Um, I, Eric, <laughs> have three and a half. Ruth Williams has 4.25. 4.25. Uh, 
Uh, Takia has four. And Shelly has 3.5. All right, sweet. Well, happy y'all liked it. Ruth yeah, is yeah. adding that average for her own choice. I see how. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of average up. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, a 3.85 total. Ooh, cool. Solid. Solid choice. Solid choice. All right. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was. All good. right. So what? The next. We okay. know it's not the two that you just mentioned. You know what? So. It's not. So What's sorry. About that. <laughs> oh, so for our next movie viewing, which uh, is not going to happen next Thursday, we're going to go ahead and skip a week just because it's the staycation, all that stuff going on. Um, so in two weeks, we'll be getting back together on Thursday. And the movie I've chosen, it's called Parallel. Oh, yeah. You and mentioned this. Yeah, I talked to you about it briefly. So the movie is about a group of um, friends who are app developers, you know, for like phones and computers and stuff. They develop apps um, and they all live in a house together. And I'm not going to give anything away. They live in a house together and in the attic, they find a mirror that can take them to parallel universes. Ooh. Yeah. So they wow. go to parallel worlds where things might be slightly different here and there. Yep, that's it. And let's just say that, you know, like they constantly say, with great power comes great responsibility. And what happens when some people decide to abuse that power? So um, it's a thriller um, and it's very interesting. And I want you all to watch it thinking to yourselves, what would you do in this position? If you had the ability to travel to just all these different alternate realities, how would you harness that ability. Um, so that's kind of what I'm very curious to see what you all think about, but very different from everything we've watched because it's a little bit of thriller, a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of action. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm just curious what people think, but uh, it's free on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Awesome. All right, perfect. Oh, sorry. So Fahad, <laughs> just to let you know, Fahad, just last week, I watched a, a different film by the same director. Oh, really? And when I looked him up, I saw this poster and was like, oh my gosh, Fahad was telling me about that. <laughs> um, but I assume this is in English, right? Because he's a Spanish director. It's in English, yes. Right. And um, the other thing to note is I believe they're, it's Canadian. So you will yeah. hear them speak in a Canadian accent. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, be hear we'll be hearing lots of that. But um, yeah, so it's it's a pretty simple watch. It's only 104 minutes. So that's not really too long. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, hope you all enjoy it at least some. It's just an interesting concept. So that's what I it'll be, our, it'll be our first um, effects film, right? Yeah, there will be some special effects. Um, and it's very different from my other two choices I was trying to do, but... <laughs> We'll see, we'll see how it goes. So I was like, yep, I'll just change it up a lot this time around.